And I am so excited about my guest today because we're going to start off 2024 the correct way. We're going to get our minds and our money together. So today I am sitting down and talking to Gary Harris of GH Private Wealth Management. Gary, how are you? I'm good. That's so good. So I'm going to put you guys on to a little secret here. This is my boss. And I just really wanted you all to talk to him or hear him talk to you all about everything that he does, because what he does is very inspiring to me as an entrepreneur. And it's just a black person in America right now. So I just want you all to be inspired and hear from him about everything that he does. So, Gary, this is where I'm going to have to get in your business. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself everything that you've done. So whatever you want to share with us, we're here for it. Okay. Uh, well, I started in finance because my father challenged me that he said that black people had all the love in the world, but somebody had to figure out how the money worked. And he used to refer to me as the last of the Mohicans because I was the youngest. He told me that was my job. Uh, so I studied finance uh, an undergrad at Chicago State University, went on to study uh, get to graduate school at IIT and study financial markets and trading. But uh, a lot of people along the way, I think they made the difference. I had a lot of mentors who kind of helped open doors and rightly guide me. So I take very little credit for myself and I'm grateful for the interventions of others. Uh, GH Private Wealth Management focuses on uh, three primary categories, which is financial planning, investments, and risk management. So much of uh, wealth creation is about risk management, uh, but we don't look at it that way. Uh, you know, everybody focuses on investing in the stock market, and I definitely think that's important, but uh, there are a lot of things we can take care of before we do that. So our primary goal is to kind of put people in a position where they can either build wealth, uh, maintain wealth, uh, and, and start thinking about the things that impact their wealth over the long term. So that's what we do. Okay. And I know you all are probably used to me talking a little bit more about our guests, but I just, I don't know if I can describe everything that Mr. Harris does. So that's why I wanted him to jump on in and introduce himself um, and what GH Private Wealth is about. And um, I hope that you all find everything that he says just as delightful as I do every time that I talk and as I sit with him on a daily basis and learn from him. So. Now that we've gotten in your business, Mr. Harris, we are going to now jump into an activity. So you can either do mirror, mirror or rosebud and thorn. So mirror, mirror is an activity where you are theoretically in front of a mirror. And this is where you look at your business and talk about maybe some of the obstacles that you've had, um, some of your successes, and just talk about all of those things and discuss that with us transparently as possible. Or we can do rose, bud, and thorn, which is where for rose, you tell us something positive that's going on, bud, you give us some new ideas, and then thorn, you would tell us about some obstacles that you may have faced with your business. Which one do you choose? Rose button thorn. <laughs> All right. 
So, Mr. Harris, tell us about some of your rose experiences. So, again, that's the positives about your experience as an entrepreneur. Uh, probably the best part of my experience have been the people I came to know and have gotten to know and the relationships I've been able to build uh, over the years. I had a lot of mentors, like I mentioned before, and it wouldn't be fair to talk about this business or my role in it without mentioning them. And so kind of on the front end, of course, was my dad, uh, George Howard Harris Sr., who inspired me, who loved me, who uh, directed me, who encouraged me. I had the benefit of a daddy, not just, you know, a male role model, but I had a dad and a father in him. And then from him, he passed away. When I was 19, I went to college. I met Dr. Clint Bristow. Uh, Dr. Clint Bristow was, the uh, at the time, he was a dean of the College of Business at Chicago State University. And in my freshman year, he kind of took me under his wing and encouraged me and continued to be my mentor. In fact, it was because of him that I probably succeeded in college because he had expectations. He was calling me out of class and you know, keeping uh, up with my grades, and I didn't know who he was in the beginning. <laughs> so, I mm -hmm. uh, yeah. By the time I graduated college, I wore a suit and tie every day, and I actually had hope for a future. He introduced me to a number of people uh, in the world of business, including um, a very successful Jewish elderman who literally introduced me to a world I'd never seen before. Now, I don't call his name because he told me years ago that my name was good enough and I never had to invoke his. So I always use my name. I also went on to meet uh, men like, wow, Dudley Brown, who gave me my first opportunity on a trading desk, and David Irving, who taught me uh, you know, how the bond industry worked. A guy named Peter put me on a, uh, as a he made me a clerk uh, on a, in a hedge fund and then promoted me to an arbitrageur. It's people who, the people are probably the most incredible aspect of my career and my business. After so many years of working in so many capacities in finance, I started my own firm. And for that, I have to thank my mom <laughs> because when I went to her to quit my job, I was probably making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. I was holding this check for like uh, 28 or $30,000, which was like my pay for the month. And I said to my mom, I want to quit this job. I want to start my own. And she said, quit. <laughs> she never paused. She was an entrepreneur herself. She never hesitated. She told me to go for it. She always told me I was an entrepreneur and I'd be sat never be satisfied with the job. So I have to credit my mom also for kind of encouraging me and giving me permission to quit everything and go forward. So now I think about one of the positive things that are happening in the business right now. Recently, uh, over the last few months, I've been meeting with this character, known as H, who has invited me to participate with him and some other uh, advisors. He's got a really good offering, and I think it makes sense. So we'll probably be joining them in 2024, giving us a whole other set of services we can bring to our clients and giving the business a great opportunity to scale. So I'm excited about that. Okay. Did I cover enough? <laughs> yeah, you did the rose and the bud. Um, okay, <laughs> And so now, Thorne, what are some of the obstacles that you face while growing your business? Uh, nothing stands out more as a thorn than being Black in an industry that is predominantly white. Okay. Nothing stands out more. The general perception of a person who has expertise in finance is a white male. Mm -hmm. uh, and because Black people have the stigmatism of false narratives, 
about us, our capability, our intelligence, even our humanity in some instances, uh, that there's always this expectation uh, that you're facing some predetermined conclusion about who you are that you have to overcome. And despite my experience, both as a uh, on a bond desk, an equity desk, as a you know, clerk in a hedge fund, an arbitrageur of a hedge fund, and then finally an advisor. Despite all of that, it's proprietary trade, all the experience I've had. When I come show up at the table, the general uh, perception is that somehow or another, you know, I don't bring the same skills, or even more skills for that matter, than my white counterparts. That's been the biggest obstacle to kind of overcome those perceptions. Uh, the other thing I think that serves as another thorn in the business is that because everybody makes money, they all think they're experts. They understand how it works. I'm, I'm saddened by all of the bad advice I see over the internet around finance. Okay. And all of it is based upon this kind of uh, conventional wisdom, which doesn't work. If it worked, you know, people would find themselves in a better financial position. They don't because you know, a lot of the choices you have to make in finance are counterintuitive. And so I keep hearing this rhetoric and, frankly, foolishness constantly being passed about the internet as financial advice. And I feel sorry for the people listening to them. Okay, so I have two things here. If you don't mind, because I feel like you're being a little modest, can you give <laughs> us your resume just a little bit about all the licenses that you hold currently? Um, and then can you just give me one good myth, I should say, that you've heard is circulating on the internet that uh, you're able to dispel? Okay, uh, so all right, so I'll give you all license I've carried. Some of my let go over the years, but at one point I carried a series six, seven, uh, series six, series seven, series sixty-three, sixty-five, and twenty-four. Life, health, long-term care, property, casualty, fire, flood, <laughs> uh, and I worked in one capacity or another in finance since I was nineteen years old. I started as a runner at Chicago Board of Trade. I went on to be a prospect clerk. Uh, at one point at L.F. Rothschilds, uh, after found opportunity on as a clerk on an equity desk, then a bond desk, and then you know a clerk in a hedge fund, which led to me becoming an arbitrator for a hedge, you know, for the hedge fund. Then I left that, became a proprietary trader, Chicago Board of Trade, and then from a proprietary trader, I started giving advice, and as advisor, I started also uh, dealing in insurance. I've been in my business now. Oh my God, I'm getting old. It'll be twenty. Three years, January 6, 2024. Okay. And that's in your business as in you've been independent? Yes. I've had right. a job now for 23 years. Okay. Now, he gave us all these series and titles. And if you don't know what they are, by all means, Google it, look it up. <laughs> Learn something new so that you understand just how serious this is and why I wanted to start off 2024 talking to Mr. Harris. Um, well, let now, me dispel a myth for you. Okay, go ahead. That's what I was going to say. I'm ready for the yeah. dispelling of the myth. Which one? So, think about one of the things that stands out. You know, anytime I'm in a room and I ask people, I'll say, what uh, is your credit score? All the hands go up. Everybody knows their credit score. They're constantly watching it. Then I'll ask the next question, what's your net worth? And nobody, all the hands go down. Well, if this is about wealth creation or if it's about, you know, maintaining or growing wealth, and the measure for that is net worth, it is not your credit score. And that's not to say that credit isn't important. It is. But if you understand the elements of net worth, 
then you kind of start to understand the things you need to be paying attention to. And I won't go into great detail, but that's kind of what our organization is built upon. Focusing on net worth, we have kind of four pillars of what it takes to put that together. The objective is that you start watching the things that matter and that we measure the progress you know, of, of any client based upon the ability, our ability and their ability through making good choices, increasing their net worth. The thing that I find most difficult in that, I listen to these people talk about how they're, you know, getting business credit and getting cars, you know, with, without having to sign on for their, uh, with their own social security number. I'm going to talk about it. Cause... Yeah, the sad thing is that is that's debt and debt has to be repaid. That is does Somehow, not increase. some way. Exactly. So just because you can get credit cards don't mean you can pay them. It's because you can get these cars that you, you know, you're leasing cars, you're buying cars, doesn't mean you can pay for them. And so kind of learning not to put the, you know, cart before the horse, you, you have to kind of get those other financial things in order first and then you start doing that. You know, it, it's not, cash is not king. I don't know why people have been saying that for years. Cash is king. It's a terrible myth. Truth is, cash flow is king. Cash over time will be depleted. But you know, recurring revenue or recurring income is is where is that's cash flow, and that translates to you being able to maintain and even grow. Learn to manage cash flow is probably the most important thing. First, to create cash flow, and then learn to manage that cash flow, because current income can create wealth, but it is not wealth. You can make a million dollars, and it's possible to make money and not have any. You can make a million dollars and wind up spending it and not having it, and not even having real tangible assets to show for it. So kind of redefining our perceptions of these things so we can start making the kind of financial choices that help us build and create wealth, you know, that's, that's what I'd like to see happen. And it's hard to do with all of the noise that I think the internet creates around wealth creation. And most of the people I talk to don't even understand it. I think that uh, that was much needed. And I hope that everyone is taking all of this in. I'm not going to ask Mr. Harris to give us too much more for free because, you know, <laughs> I'm not here to ask anybody for any <laughs> discounts or give up too many freebies. But I hope that you all are listening and hearing this. This is coming from someone that has been doing this for years and takes pride in seeing his clients grow not just making money off of his clients, but actually seeing his clients do well and making moves to do better. And so for every body in my age group, all of my friends, everybody, I need you all to hear these type of things and to do your research. Um, so while you all just kind of marinate over what Mr. Harris has said, I'm going to put you guys on to a couple other Black-owned businesses, goods, and service. And don't forget, always start at cpdollars.com whenever you are looking for any goods and services to support that are Black-owned. So let me put you on. Hi, this is Gary Harris of GH Private Wealth Management, your friendly neighborhood financial advisor. Call us for all your financial needs. 888 888-399-4049. 888-399-4049. All right, so now that I have put you guys on to some more Black-owned goods and services, we're going to hop back into it with Mr. Gary Harris of GH Private Wealth Management. Again, that's GH Private Wealth Management. Um, so now we're going to get into the segment where 
well, I call it speak on it. And this is where you tell me some things in your industry that grinds your gears. And I know we spoke on it a little bit already, but just give me two more things possibly that grind your gears about the industry that you're in. Uh, well, the, the first question I always ask anybody who tells me if they have an advisor is I ask, who does your advisor work for? And a lot of times they'll give me you know, this big name organization and they think that they're telling me something I should be impressed with. And I ask the question, does the advisor work for you? Do they work for that company? And they got to make choices around what's best for you or that company. Where do you think their choices will fall? So one of the things that grinds my gears is that people go after these other companies as opposed to getting independent financial advisors, independent investment advisors, uh, because what you need is somebody that you can hire and that you can fire so that they have reason to perform for you. Uh, you know, the other thing is, what are they doing for you other than just holding your money and sending you reports? I'm not saying they're not investing it, but basically the level of service that is necessary, particularly when your income starts to move towards that two hundred to four hundred thousand dollars a year. You're right around four hundred thousand dollars a year. You find that you start having all kinds of difficulties because you cross the threshold for some of the highest tax rates, and that's not being managed. You also find there's a big pushback to get past that number. Uh, that, that happens as a consequence of kind of how the society, or I should say the economic society, are constructed. There are lots of people who, you know, have six-figure incomes and they're still struggling. It doesn't take away from all, you know, now you don't have time. You used to have, you know, when you didn't have all this responsibility, you had time. And now maintaining, even when I look at some of the young people, I see they're doing two or three different things for a living. They're all trying to accumulate wealth. But that takes away their time to focus on the quality of life. And making a living is not the same as living. And so we try to organize our, our company around helping give to give people back their time by taking away a lot of the things that they have to deal with, you know, finding the kind of professionals they need to serve them. So we act as a quarterback for our clients. So I, the things that grind my gears are this, the lack of, you know, I, I feel like, honest communication around money. In fact, think about it in school. They don't teach finance in school anymore. They don't teach home economics. Home economics was about learning how to find value. Remember, some of you can remember your grandmothers who may have, you know, took two packages side by side, looking at their price and, you know, and what the quantity was to make a determination of where they got the most value. But that was taught in school about minding your money, and they took it out of the schools. You know, and so as a result of that, you know, people now are more married to brands than they are to value. And so we recognize there's a miseducation, particularly in our community, around wealth. We are buying the things that we see rich people buy, but we're not doing the things that we see rich people do. So mm-hmm. those are the kinds of things that we need better information. But again, it's hard to hear around all the noise. Sometimes I think maybe I should do more uh, social media. That's not our space. We all word them out for the most part. But I think sometimes I should do it just so I can give good information so that people could kind of find their way. Because certainly they're aspirational, but they yep. have bad information and they're making bad choices as a result. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to add a grind, my gear, to your segment. Um, oh, yeah. 
I do not like the only way to become rich is to have multiple streams of income. And I feel like a lot of people across the Internet have taken that and have taken it too far. They just say, oh, you need multiple streams of income. And they're not exactly explaining what those multiple streams of income can be. And if you have people working two, three, four different jobs that have nothing to do with the business that they really want to get into, um, I feel like they're telling them to chase money and one of the things that I never wanted to do with cpdollars.com was to be so hungry and thirsty for money that I got away from the reason why I even started cpdollars.com so I feel like a lot of people they watch these um these the social media content and they hear these words and it just triggers this like hustle 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 no sleep, get money, and that's not it. Like, so and I, I, I like to add to your point, if I could. Yes, go ahead. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with the concept of multiple streams of income. The problem is, as you described, this uh, pursuit, which is, you know, really an economic uh, theory anyway, of money in this way, right? That we're, we call them those people the hustlers. Here, here's the reality. Uh, making a living isn't a living. And you can build multiple streams of income. However, they should, as you described, be aligned with your ultimate goal because what happens then is it doesn't feel like work. The only purpose of wealth, remember this, Benjamin Franklin said, wealth is his, who not, wealth is not his who has it, but his who enjoys it. And so you can do all this hustle, you can make all this money, but if the grind is so great that you never get a chance to enjoy the fruits of your labor, and all you're doing is flossing on the internet yeah. or with your friends, and that's not valuable. What is valuable is, is what's really valuable, right, is the time you spend with the people you love. Right? Money may facilitate a roof over your head and food to eat and transportation, but what you're enjoying are the relationships. There's nothing more valuable than the relationships. You think about maybe you go on vacation and you get to sit on the beach but what's really enjoyable ain't just sit on the beach is your engagement with the people who are there. So most of the things that we really enjoy, believe it or not, are free. It's just yeah. we need money to facilitate, you know, kind of the that the free time. Right. But the reality is what we really enjoy, you know, I hang out with my dog and my wife. You know, I go, you know, I travel. We go to we like the Florence is our favorite city in the world, but we get around, you know. And so that kind of adds the fact that all we're really doing is enjoying each other in other environments where we can see different things and participate in other cultures. You know, we've been to South Africa. We've been to, you know, to all over Italy, all over Europe, Paris and Nice. You know, we've been, you know, just this kind of thing, Puerto Rico, Panama, you know, just we get around. But the objective is just going to have experience different cultures and eat different foods and be together. So even when, so I, I agree with the philosophy of multiple streams of income. It's important to generate those. However, you can't let money matters get in the way of what really matters, and that is having a life, right? So it is, it's, people say get a financial life. I say get a life financial. Once you know what you want your life to look like, then you know where to direct those dollars, you know, from a financial standpoint. The money is only there to support the quality of life. All right, Mr. Harris. 
Now, this is my favorite part because it speaks to networking. And now I would have to say not only networking, but relationship building. So this is where you tell everyone how you met your host, which is me. And you have a very interesting version of how we met, but I'm here for it. Right, that's fine. So uh, I had, I bought a, a new car. Uh, you know, I don't be buying new cars. So I bought it. it was two years old. I was buying cars two years old. Then somebody else paid the depreciation, but it, they had less than you know eighteen miles, eighteen thousand miles on what I bought it. But it's a fairly high end car. We'll see what it is. But anyway, I uh, got a flat tire, and you know because again it hadn't been driven much. <laughs> it was all, it was in the second. It was in the beginning of its second year in existence. So it was a fairly very new car. And it didn't make sense. So I took it, my wife took it to a place called Discount Tires. And while she was there, she when she came back, she made mention she had met this young woman who seemed to have all this energy and was brilliant. And she watched her work. She said, I was so impressed with her. So the next, the very next day, I got another flat tire. And so we took it back to this place. This time, the young woman approached my wife because she noticed the car and asked her, what did she do? And I think my wife told her about me and the firm that we own and the like. And she asked if she could talk with me. And my wife, and the confident woman she was, gave this young, beautiful woman my phone number. <laughs> so I, I got a call. She asked if I could show her how to monetize her business. And so in the spirit of giving back, because I had so many great mentors who did that for me, I felt I had an owing to make sure I gave that to other young people who are trying to accomplish things. So I told her I would, but I didn't get back to her immediately. But she made another follow-up call, then a text, then a follow-up call, then a text. So I said, send me your resume. I found out she was a Hampton grad. She had all these skills, and she invited me to dinner. So I went to dinner. And while I was sitting there, she talked about her dreams and ambitions. I was giving her the best I had to offer, but I was thinking to myself, I should hire her. And so we had a conversation and she was looking this, she wanted a job. <laughs> so I made her hang out with me and the rest is history. I hired her and she has come in and been a great addition to our firm. Uh, she feels like part of the uh, GH Private Wealth Management family. Uh, we gave her the kind of authority she should have with her background and her experience. Tried to encourage her and put her in a position to lead so she could have an impact. She has been doing that, and we're grateful to have you, Nafateria. <laughs> we're grateful <laughs> to have you as part of the team. And it's so symbiotic, the things we do. You know, I've always been focused on Black entrepreneurs. Those are most of my clients, uh, either, you know, professionals, doctors, lawyers. I got a couple of athletes, and I got a couple entertainers. But most of my clients are the entrepreneurs. And because you are an entrepreneur, because you have this inspiration inside of you, you connect our clients very well. So we're grateful. That's how we met. I always Thank say, you. the Thank one you. thing that was said, I got to point this out. When I asked her, I said, what's a person with your education and background doing working at discount tires? And she said to me, God's got me here for a reason I don't know why. And I said, the same reason why I got two flat tires in one day, we're supposed to be together. <laughs> That's it. And like I always do, I have to add my side of it. 
because of course, um, yes, his wife brought in the car, had a flat. We had a um, actually a very good time in the store while I was ordering a tire because she had a flat. Um, and then she came when well, she was giving me the email address. That's when I was like, oh, OK, what do you do? Because of my background, I can kind of tell when somebody has just a personal email or business email. And when she told me what her and her husband did, I said, oh, my gosh, I'm putting together a workshop series, which, by the way, guys, I am putting together a workshop series called No Gatekeeping. And I explained to her that the No Gatekeeping workshop series was geared towards black entrepreneurs and business owners. Um, who were trying to get started but didn't know exactly how they needed to be in front of professionals to help them. Because as he's mentioned, Mr. Harris has mentioned, there's so many myths going around around personal finance, but also even just starting a business, LLCs, all of these things. And I wanted to dispel a lot of those myths. So um, we connected that way. She came in the next day got the new tire put on that I had ordered, made sure I called her, let her know it was there. And then something told me to ask for her number, got her phone number. She ended up coming back because that same tire was flat. Now, this is why it's always important to be a pleasant person, no matter what you're doing, where you are. And this is why my husband tells me I talk too much because wherever I go, I always ask somebody like, oh, how are you doing before I ask them any questions when they're at work? So when his wife had scheduled an appointment to come back in, my coworker at the time who was laughing with us when she first came in realized the name and he was like, oh, she's coming back. And I'm like, yikes, what happened? So, you know, called her like, hey, what's going on? Another flat tire, something happened. She came back in. He went all the way, maybe 30 minutes to an hour away to get this tire for her. Because again, pleasant individual. Kindness takes you so far. And at that moment, I had asked her about talking to her husband. And I told her I was about to go on lunch. And that's when she gave me his number, made sure he was available, gave me his number. And I talked to him in my car. And then the rest of it is just what it is. We finally went out to dinner had a conversation and we've been together ever since. And, uh, you know, you can tell them what you called me. You can tell me, you can tell them what you called me. He's a slave driver. Yeah. Uh But she did come in and put the office in order, which is what we needed. And she put, I hired her to manage me. I'm a difficult personality. I'm used to being in control, but I needed somebody with her skill set, and she brought it in and we see her blossoming and I'm in full uh, support of the other things she's doing. Uh, we have a great relationship. Yeah, and I just want to make sure that I bring this portion of it to a head more so than anything because I don't know where we lost the skill of actually talking to people, right. but we've got to do better. I know too many people that I'm uncomfortable. I don't know them. I can't talk to them. The people that going to help you are not your friends, family, None of those, not the people that's going to really be able to help you. You have to be comfortable with yourself or with anybody to just talk to them. And remember, they are just a human. The worst they can do is say no. There is nothing to be scared of. You ask the question, they said no, or you ask them to help you. They said no, that may not be the person for you. But there is absolutely nothing wrong with talking to somebody you don't know. 
and just networking and building relationships. And I would love, love, love to see my generation and my people my age and younger to not be so scared to talk to people and be afraid of rejection. It means absolutely nothing because at this point he told me we should do lunch and I was like, okay, cool. But I felt like he could help me. I got questions. He seemed to have answers and I followed up and I followed up again oh, and I God, followed up again up. <laughs> until I got, you know, he had one more, I gave myself a limit and I was like, all right, now at this point, if I don't get nothing, then it just not meant to be, but I was not going to be the person that closed my own door. I was going to try. And he responded. And now here we are. Different situation. I am no longer slanging tires. I am out here building a business with a man that knows way more than I do and learning from him every day. So don't be afraid to reach out, to open up and to talk to people, but just be able to, you know, just it's okay. You don't have to give people everything, but just fill people out and just speak to them. Just talk. It's it's all right. Um so I would I would add synergy is what you're looking for. Synergy happens when two people with uh, different skill sets mm-hmm. can accomplish more together than they can individually. Yep. And so what you're looking for in any kind of business relationship or mentorship or group is, is there synergy? Does their presence help to multiply our efforts? Does it help to multiply your efforts? And so when you see that, grab hold of it. And they will too. Because that's what that's what it takes. You need when two different skill sets, in our case, two different skill sets, two different generations, are able to accomplish more together than we could have independently. So it's a it's a that's what you're looking for. And don't be afraid because every client I got, I have approached and asked the question, shook the hand, and I've built a pretty significant practice over the years. All right. So now that we've given you all Um, more information and hopefully some confidence builders. We're now going to put you on to some other black owned businesses, brands and services. So yeah, let me put you on. Hey y'all. It's me, Nafasiria, your host of CE Talks, the Black Entrepreneur's Mid-Month Motivation, the creator of cpdollars.com and the co-founder of no gatekeeping workshop series and today i just wanted to briefly discuss with you all the no gatekeeping workshop series so if you're an established or aspiring entrepreneur you'll definitely be able to gain something from this four-part workshop series that myself and my partner Brittany lester have put together for our black entrepreneurs we have dug into our rolodex and found some very great established professionals in their fields that are willing to sit in a room with you and answer any questions that you have. This workshop series is very engaging, very active. You will not be sitting at a table and being talked to. We've thought of everything you will possibly need to start your business or scale your business. So you can find us on Eventbrite. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. And if you're looking for us on any of those social medias, you can always go to my personal page of cpdollars.com. Link is in the bio. And we do have a Instagram note gatekeeping series LLC. I hope to see you at our workshops and I'm always here to educate. So as usual, if you need anything, black products, goods or services, Check out cpdollars.com if you need the motivation, CE Talks. And of course, to get that personal one-on-one touch educationally, 
check out No Gatekeeping Workshop Series. Thank you. Okay, so now that I have put you guys on to some more stuff, I am here to give you some marketing tips. So as usual, I'm going to take off my podcast host hat and put on my marketing coach hat. And one of the things that I really, really, really want to say is for me, the marketing tip would be therapy or mindset consulting. Um, One thing that I have noticed with some of some business owners that I've run across and talked to is people get very sensitive about their businesses. And it's okay to be a little sensitive, but you have to remove yourself from the situation and understand that it's business and emotions really don't have a place in business. You have to be able to just stand on it. And if somebody tells you they don't like it or somebody tells you, you know, why should I use you as a service or why should I buy your products? Don't take it personal. This is now when you engage and let that person know what your business brings to them, the benefit that your business brings. That's very important. Please remove emotions. Please don't take things personal when it comes to business. Business is business and personal is personal. So again, my marketing tip for you all today, literally therapy and mindset consulting, because we cannot take things so personal where it gets in a way, where someone asks you a question, you lose it, and now you've potentially lost a customer or somebody that could have been interested in investing in you and what you're doing. Business is business, and it's okay. All right, so that's my marketing tip, and then we're going to get into the benediction. And as you know, this is where I usually do a prayer or a positive affirmation. And Mr. Harris said that he wanted to go ahead and do a prayer for us. So, Mr. Harris, whenever you're ready. Let's bow our heads. So God in heaven, we thank you so much just for the opportunity to share. Father, that you brought us together in this way that we can be a service to others. Lord, let us always be a benefit to each other as an individual, as a group, as a community, but as a culture. Father, we ask that you intervene on our behalf, that you fight our battles, go before us and make the crooked way straight. You know the challenges we face, you know, the challenges we face in our neighborhoods, our families, in our communities, in our nation. And we know that you have not gone to sleep and you have not abandoned us. Father, we ask that you continue to intervene, Lord, that you open our understanding and our opportunities. Lord, that you prepare a place for us before our enemies. Let us be a living, breathing example of how you can liberate and set free your people. We thank you for it. We know it to be true. We accept it as real at this moment. We thank you for your presence in our prayers, Father. And we look forward to all the good that you will do for us. So we count it all joy and we claim it all at this time, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and say amen. Amen. All right, guys. So again, we have sat down with Mr. Gary Harris of GH Private Wealth Management. He is not on social media, but you can find him on ghpwm.com. For all my expiring people that's trying to make a couple dollars, figure out the right path to take with their money and just trying to figure it all out. By all means, there is a contact me form on the website. Fill it out and you'll probably hear from me. Um, reaching out to schedule an appointment for you to sit down and talk to Mr. Harris and just discuss further the benefits and just everything that you have going on and how you can grow that, do something positive with it. 
and create that generational wealth that we all keep hearing about on social media. He has realistic and tangible ways to get there. And again, Mr. Harris, I appreciate you so much for sitting down and talking to me. Um, and is there anything you want to say before we go? Oh, it's my pleasure. And I hope that uh, you all listen uh, to Nafetira. She has a lot to contribute. Uh, she has uh, caused me to consider even being on social media. That's why I did this podcast for her. <laughs> I've not ever done this for anybody else. So uh, you guys, you know, take care. Live well. Live well. Don't worry just about making a living. Make sure you're living well. Get a life financial. All right. All right. Perfect. And as usual, guys, if you're looking for any Black-owned business services or goods, check out cpdollars.com. And I'll see you guys, you guys next time. Hey, y'all. It's me again, Nafateria, your host of CE Talks and the creator of cpdollars.com. I want you all to make sure that you support me supporting these Black-owned businesses that you all have come to know and love. Just make sure you follow and subscribe on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. Just look for CE Talks on Spotify and Apple and cpdollars.com, Facebook, Instagram, and always, 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 always remember, we're looking to find Black-owned goods, products, and services make sure you check out cpdollars.com. Thank you in advance for your support.